Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I'm a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Come take this journey with me. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Sometimes like your pain can be your best driver. And so I'm always just like making it push me harder and instead of like letting it, you know, bury me. I think I got to this point in my life where it was like, okay, like you can continue to keep the walls up and and act like superwoman um, and you're going to stay right where you are. Like you're never going to be able to have as big of an impact as you know you were created to have. If you want to have that big impact, you're going to have to open up and let people know the real story. A lot of us, like when we become moms, we think that our life has to be completely revolved around our kids because that's the story that society tells us. But maybe that's not what you want. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Murgatroyd, and welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard show. This episode features Kayla Craft. You can find her on Instagram and elsewhere at Kayla.craft. I want to have Kayla on the show because she has figured out how to help mommies become millionaires. We go deep into entrepreneurship in this episode and we talk about the struggles that mommies have and ways that they can overcome it to explode their business and personal life. Speaking of exploding your business and personal life, I want to remind you that my 2019 mastermind is filling up quickly in terms of the applications rolling in. Remember, this is on a first-come, first-served basis for getting your application in line. I look at them all, I look for the best fit, and then I set up a phone call to see if you're a great fit between you, me, and our existing group. So if you are at all interested, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind. Who's the mastermind for? The mastermind is for six and seven figure entrepreneurs who want to 10x their lives through play, tribe, and amazing experiences around the world. So uh, speaking of experiences and amazing places, we'll be doing one domestic and two international locations in 2019. The domestic uh, trip will be in Boston, the two international locations. The first one will be in St. Petersburg, Russia during White Nights. And the last one will be in Florence, Italy. So many surprises. I just can't tell you now because I'd be giving away the surprise. But I promise they'll be mind-blowing. The Mastermind is the fastest way I know of to 10X your business, up-level your tribe, and get a clear path to grow your business and your relationship to the next level. So go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind, fill out the application. So outside of those experiences, we're also going to be doing some masterminding. So inside of the Mastermind, I'll put you into a group of high-level achievers where everybody is at your level or higher, and we'll take turns helping each other grow our businesses to the next level. There'll be a ton of exercises around that. But at the core of the mastermind is the experiences because I learn best by doing cool things with cool people in cool locations and not in the back of a Holiday Inn conference room. And I think you're probably the same way. So I redesigned the entire mastermind concept and made it a fully immersive experience. I made the long conference room tables with the mints in the water disappear. They're gone. So go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and click apply. Okay. I love this episode with Kayla for so many reasons. In this conversation, we talk about everything from what it was like for her growing up with her dad in and out of prison, how she shifted her focus to leverage the power of energy at this point in her life, and some very specific things that you can do right now 
to change your money mindset. So you can find her on the socials at Kayla.craft. So be sure to take a screenshot of this episode, share it on the socials, and remember to tag me and at Kayla.craft. Let us know what you thought. If this is your first time here and you have not subscribed, just say, hey, Siri, subscribe to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation I had with Kayla Kraft. Kayla, welcome to the show. Yay. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here too. You know, I have been watching your success from a distance and I've been so inspired by your ability to inspire women to become millionaires. It's like you've got this gift. I don't know how you do this, but I want to get into that today. And so first of all, thank you for making the time. Yeah, of course. So what I'd like to cover today is I'd like to start off with a little bit of your background because I really think that that informs who we are. And then I want to jump into some of the projects that you are up to now And then I want to move to the play hard part of the show where we're going to talk about kind of the things that you do to play with your husband and your kids because there's a lot of people listening that have that situation going on in their life and they struggle with it. And then we'll wrap up with some rapid fire questions. Cool? Yep. All right. So I think a good jumping off point would be to talk about what it was like for you growing up in Bakersfield, California. So I know that, um, you know, you've shared that it's kind of like an agricultural slash oil situation. What's it, what's it like there? I mean, it's, it's a great place to raise a family because there's just not a lot going on. (laughs) It's just like, there's just people, there's a lot of just farming and oil and it's just kind of like the simple life, you know? Um, But I grew up where in like a kind of like the poorer part of town, you could say. So I I grew up, I was probably, I mean, in a gang infested high school where, I mean, there were, it was crazy every single day, but it was kind of like the norm to just be in a like scary, hostile situations all the time. (laughs) So I kind of like grew up really knowing I wanted to leave Bakersfield because I just didn't want, like I wanted my kids and I wanted to like know and like confirm the fact that there was more to life than just like this simple plain living. I don't know how to explain it. So anyway, so yeah, that's how it was growing up in Bakersfield. I mean, it's a great place, but I just didn't want to stay there. (laughs) Well, you know, now you're in gang infested Newport Beach, Corona Del Mar area, huh? <laughs> it's so beautiful. Things have, things have changed. <laughs> things have changed quite a bit in your life, but let's let's kind of go back a little bit. You've you've shared in the past in you know various different places that your parents were split. Your dad wasn't entirely in the picture. Can you sort of give me some color on that and maybe talk about some of the ways that that impacted you to who you are today? Mm-hmm. I love talking about this because I think a lot of people just see me from the outside and they think, oh my gosh, she's perfect. She's had a perfect life. It must have been easy for her. And it was kind of like quite the opposite. My parents were divorced when I was five or six and my dad was a drug addict. And so he was in and out of jail. He's still on that roller coaster today. And uh, it was hard because I grew up with so much shame, you know, around the fact that my dad was in jail and I just, I didn't want people to know that he was like this. I just thought in my head he was a loser, you know? And I was just like really wanting to prove myself constantly that I wasn't like him. And so I was an overachiever, perfectionist, 
and very like just focused on becoming better. And so it made me a very driven human being. You know, my brother had the exact opposite happen to him. So I feel like I was kind of like saved by the grace of God. Like I was chosen to like be driven. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it, that's, that's how it was. I mean, it, that's why I don't stop and why I don't have any excuses in my life is because I just still to this day, I don't want to be like, like him. And, you know, sometimes like your pain can be your best driver. And so I'm always just like making it push me harder. And instead of like letting it, you know, bury me. How do you, you know, I'm guessing back at that time you were, you know, you you mentioned the word shame. And I I guess that you were probably trying to hide some of your dad's behavior, et cetera. How do you, how do you do that? I mean, as a kid, you know, when you've got, you know, friends that want to come over in sports you know, games and things like that. But you got a dad that, you know, maybe in jail, maybe out of jail. How do you, how do you hide that fact or how do you deal with it? Yeah. You know what? It's weird because I don't remember what I used to say. I'm sure I used to lie about where he was, but my mom was such a good mom. And so she, I mean, we always had people over at our house and she always wanted to control the situation. So I think she helped a lot with that. Like, you know, people wouldn't ask weird questions because it just like, if you came to my house, you wouldn't think that anything was missing because my mom was so awesome. Even though we didn't have much, there was just a lot of love in our house. And I hit it, I think by always keeping a wall up, you know? And so I never let people get too close to me. Even, I mean, since a very young age where I was just like, ah, you know, like they can know a little bit about me, but you can't really understand who I am. And I only let them see the pretty parts and I always was happy and you would never see like a sad little girl, even though I might cry myself to sleep every night, you know, but I would never show that to my best of friends, even, you know, when I was in high school, nobody knew that about me. How did you get to the place that you are now where you're able to freely talk about it? I think I got to this point in my life where it was like, okay, like you can continue to keep the walls up and, and act like superwoman. Um, and you're going to stay right where you are. Like you're never going to be able to have as big of an impact as you know, you were created to have. If you want to have that big impact, you're going to have to open up and let people know the real story. And so it was kind of just like a choice I made one day to just start sharing it with people. And the more I started to share my story, the easier it got. You know, when I first started sharing it, I mean, I would just break down in tears, like bawling. I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are going to judge me. They're going to hate me. They're going to think that like, they can't trust me because I have a dad that's like this. And I had all these stories that I made up. And then I realized, oh my gosh, people actually trust you more. And they, you know, they want to be a part of your tribe even more because they like understand that like you aren't superwoman and that you have struggles on the daily, but you're pushing through. So it was just a choice I made one day because I just felt like I saw all these other people skyrocketing and I'm like, what is wrong with me? And what was wrong with me was that I was a freaking the ice queen, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you're so right. I mean, the more, the more I hear this, the more I realize that it's in the authenticity and the vulnerability that allows people to be closer to us. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And not so easy. I mean, easier said than, than done for sure. But okay. So let's fast forward a little bit and let's move on to 2002 to 2005. Maybe you could sort of tell us what you wanted to be when you were attending Bakersfield High School in Bakersfield, California. What did I want to be? I wanted to be a nurse because I wanted a stable job. And back then there was a nursing shortage, which I don't know if there still is, but there was back then. And they were going to pay for all of my schooling. 
if I went through this certain academy. And so I was like in for it. And I was like, heck yes. Like we, I'm not going to be able to afford to go to college. So this is my way out. And so I was in like this thing called Health Career Academy the whole entire time through high school and was very focused. I mean, I was like ready to go to become a nurse because I was like, I'm going to do the thing where I'm never going to have to worry about money because I saw my mom struggle, go through bankruptcy, lose a home, uh, never had money to do any of the extracurriculars that I wanted to do, like sports and stuff like that. And so that was like, okay, I want money. <laughs> and that's what I chose. I, and I hate, like I used to like not want to share with people the truth about why I chose nursing. I'd be like, oh, I wanted to help people, which I do love helping people. But that was really the driving force behind that was I wanted to have a stable job. I'm so glad you said that because actually, as you were saying that, I was like, that's why I became a chiropractor. <laughs> you know I, mean? <laughs> I wish I had this altruistic, you know, I wanted to be, you know, the male version of Florence Nightingale and just, you know, heal the world. But in the end, I just looked at it quite logically, which is probably why both you and I are no longer in that profession. But uh, so, all right. So around 2011, you're pregnant with your second kid. You're eating some food at the nurse's station and you get written up. Can you kind of place us on that day and explain how that may have been one of the straws that broke the camel's back to get you out of that profession? Yeah, it was just, it was another day where I was charged nurse taking a patient that was a critical ICU patient, like on a ventilator. And I was pregnant and I hadn't eaten all day. And this was like 4 p.m., you know, and I'd been there since 6 a.m. I'm like, I have to eat something because I'm going to pass out. Anyway, so I got, this is, you know, I was eating a burrito and at the nurse's station, like hiding, just taking a really quick bite. And I got written up and I'm the type of person where like, I like to do what is right. And if something is done wrong against me, like I'm going to fight, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm going to fight for like, I was so mad. And so like, I took it all the way up to the higher beings and was like, this isn't right. Like, I don't want this on my record. And they were just kind of like, well, you know, it's cut and dry. And the day before I, I had just worked 18 hours, which is, you know, and I'm pregnant at the same time. Like, and I had stayed over because I wanted to help them because they were so short. And I was like, you know what? I'm just so unappreciated and I'm over this. Like I deserve better. I'm a hard worker and I need to just work for myself. And at that time, network marketing had just came into my life. And so I knew that there was something else. And I just was like, I'm going to like, just go for it. All right. So that's where Danielle entered your life. Danielle introduces you to network marketing and you wound up exploding in that environment. So full disclosure, uh, you and I are both on the same network marketing team, which is how we initially met each other. Can you sort of describe what the contrast felt like for you between your days nursing and the entrepreneurship of this new business that you were starting with network marketing back at that time? Mm, Oh my gosh. It's like night and day. I think I was so used to being an employee and showing up for other people that I had to completely shift my mindset into being um, an entrepreneur where you have to be self-disciplined and you have to show up for yourself every single day. And that was a huge thing because, you know, we are trained from a very early age to you know, work for other people and to show up for other people and be on time and all of that, all of those things. And so it was different, like knowing, oh my gosh, nobody's going to know that I didn't do this today. Uh, and so it was like, I was having to show up for myself every single moment of every single day. And it was amazing because I grew so much from that. And that's why like, I'll never go back to, you know, being an employee because I know I'm capable of so much more. 
Well, you hit a point where I'm sure you just become unemployable. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I would get, yeah, I would get fired now. <laughs> I, I really think back then I was unemployable anyway. I was always late. It was, yeah, it was a situation. You, but. Just, you just happen to have a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So that really sparked a passion for you to help women because once you do it yourself, you know, you want to share this and you want to have people participate in the fulfillment that you are experiencing. So it seems like you wanted to fill a void or maybe a lack of community for women, which is, I'm assuming, how the Mommy Millionaire podcast and soon-to-be event started. So what do you think that the key ingredients are for a mommy to step into her power and become a mommy millionaire? Mm. Okay. Well, first thing is, is I think getting clear on what it is that you want your life to look like. And a lot of us, like when we become moms, we think that our life has to be completely revolved around our kids because that's the story that society tells us. But maybe that's not what you want. Maybe you want to be around your kids, you know, 50% of the time and then build a business 50% of the time. And that sounds really like cut and dry. But like most moms I know don't want to be at home with their kids 24-7. They like using their critical thinking skills and they like like using the rest of their talents and gifts to do something else, maybe build a business. But they're like too scared to step into that because of fear of judgment from other moms out there. And um, so I would say get clear on what it is that you really want your family life to look like and then you know, build a life around that. Like just decide what kind of business do I need to get into so I could have a life that is like that. Then secondly, like just kind of, I like to do like day blocks to where like, okay, this is my day that I do sales calls and this is my day that I'm really focused on content creating. And I that's how I work best. Um, so that way... I can be focused on the kids every single day, but then like also using my critical thinking on different days too. So, and changing it up. So when you're in that sort of zone where you're just day blocking, I really like that because what it does is it creates, there's an energy associated whatever with whatever it is that you're doing. So if you are focusing on content creation, then you can stay in that energetic flow throughout the day and not have it interrupted to, you know, maybe a returning email type flow. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm obsessed with it. So what do you think budding mommy millionaires pay too little attention to? And what do you think they pay too much attention to? Mm. Well, I can tell you what, they, they pay too much attention to what other people think. Mm-hmm. That's the number one reason that people quit on themselves is because, and I that's why I wanted to quit on myself all the time when I first started was because I was getting unfriended by friends in real life, uninvited from play dates because I was starting to change and become a different person, like more goal-oriented and not gossipy. And so I literally stopped like getting invited to things. And so I thought, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. Maybe I shouldn't go down this route. I don't want to lose these friends. Like these are my only mommy friends that I have. There's all these like, you know, things and stories that we have in our mind. And uh, at the end of the day, you really have to just ask yourself, would I want to trade places with that person that Mm -hmm. is, you know, putting judgment on you? And most of the time, the answer is no. Because people that judge are generally people that aren't freaking happy. And (laughs) and they don't usually have a life that I would want. And so that's one question I always ask myself whenever I'm thinking about taking on somebody's opinion about me. And it's pretty easy because then it's like moving on. I'm not going to even let that enter my mind. And I think they pay too little of attention to 
their future, you know? And like, I think there, a lot of people, they focus on the short-term gain, you know? So what can I do right now to make $500 in the next week? And I'm going to make all my decisions around that. And for me, you need to focus on the long-term. Like, what are the best decisions that you can make right now that are going to affect your life five and 10 years from now? And those are the choices that I'm making on the daily is, is thinking about that life. And so trying to not like, you know, mess up relationships with people and trying to always do the right thing, no matter what, even if it's hard, you know? I do. So similar question, but with a slight different nuance you know, we talk a lot about what women should do to grow their business, but what do you think they should stop doing altogether? I would say just stop gossiping. I mean, that's mm. the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one. Poison. And it just spreads. It's like just negative energy. And it's just like the law of attraction at play. Like if you put negative energy out there, it's just going to come back to you. And it's so easy. I mean, you could be in a room full of amazing people that are all super successful and somebody could start it. And then it spreads like freaking wildfire in the group. Everybody's talking, you know, and saying harmful things. And so, um, that was, that's one thing that like, it just can destroy your energy, like, and seriously take it away. Because I mean, if you can easily gossip about your best friend, then you're going to easily be talking bad about yourself. And that's a whole freaking rabbit hole we can go down too. Um, if you're talking bad about other people, you're talking bad about yourself, which means you don't love yourself, which means how are you going to have good things in your life? You know? Yeah. It's so easy to gossip too, because really what the gossiping and guys have their own version of this, but really, really what the gossip is, is if I knock you down, it makes me feel bigger. I mean, that's really uh-huh. what it comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. People would look, we, we talked about this at the opening, but people would look at you and all of your successes and assume that you have everything all figured out. Are there any particular examples that you can think of or maybe just approaches that you remember that helped coach you through some difficult times or difficult experiences when you were perhaps not at the peak of confidence or when you were suffering hardships? Mm, Yes. So for me, I always used to hold on to things that people did wrong to me. Uh, So it was like always keeping a scoreboard against people. And that really held me back energetically. When you're holding on to so much junk about other people, how are you going to make space for good things to come into your life? I'm all about energy right now. So so one thing that I did to really move on and gain more clarity and gain more confidence in my life was to forgive people and also to ask forgiveness from other people for holding a grudge for them against them for so long. And I share about this even on like one of the first episodes on my podcast and I had like this issue with my stepdad And he left my mom like several years ago and I was so angry at him. And I was like, you know, I just thought I was like on this righteous pedestal because he, you know, left in this way that I thought wasn't right. And I called him up about three years ago and asked him to forgive me for holding a grudge against him. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like I really shouldn't be asking for forgiveness, but I did it anyway. And it was like this huge weight was lifted off my shoulders and like more goodness came into my life after that. And I felt better about myself because I was like living in integrity and I wasn't being a hypocrite because nobody is perfect. And so when you treat people 
um, like they should be perfect, you're always going to be disappointed. And so it really helped clear up a lot of things for me in my life because I realized like, Hey, when you can go out in your life and build a business, knowing that every person is on their own journey and, uh, it's, if you ever have an issue, it's always you, it's never them. And so that's one of my mottos. I even have it in my phone. It's always you. It's never them. If you have an issue, you got to look in the mirror. And so, God, that's yeah, so good. That's a tool I would tell people is just like always look in the mirror when you're mad, when you get your feelings hurt, look in the mirror. I love that because, you know, once you had that phone call with him, then it was no longer, it was no longer some, some energy that you had in your body that you needed to hold on to. Now it was just for him. I mean, mm-hmm. whether or not he wanted to hold a grudge or, you know, continue being angry or whatever, you cleaned up your side of the street. Yeah. I love that. That is so good. You mentioned energy. In what ways are you using energy at this point in your life? In other words, how is it different for you? I mean, energy is everything to me. So I am so focused on having good energy and attracting people with good energy into my life. And I know I can only do that if I don't have bad juju. You know what I mean? And so I'm always like looking in the mirror every day. I start off my day like that, looking in the mirror saying, Kayla, I love you. And who do you want to serve today? And that helps me get into a good energy state too. uh, Because I'm just like, it's not about me. It's about the impact I'm here to make today. And so it puts my head in the right spot. And it also makes space for people to come into my life. And so many people like I just, you know, I talked about this with somebody yesterday talking about being in a funk And we can stay in that funk and let this negative stuff of life happen because, I mean, Rob, you're friends with us. You know, crap happens in our life. And we can either like let that define us and ruin our days or you can look at it and uh, let it roll off your shoulders and just let it go and ride the waves of your life. Um, And it's really just a choice that you can make because life is never going to stop happening to you. There's always going to be situations happening, but you look at them as like, okay, it's going to be happening either for me or it's going to bury me. That's always a word I use, bury, because I never want to feel like that. It's a good visual. Mm. And I always want life to happen for me. And like, what can I learn from this situation? So if I'm in a funk, what do I need to learn here? Because I don't want to feel like this. And I choose, okay, I want to feel happy. I want to feel high energy. So what do I need to do that? Ah, you know, like I get grateful. I say what I'm grateful for. I do like 10 jumping jacks and and like change my state. I love Barry because it gives you such a visual of not wanting to be buried. So I love that. You know, you talk a lot about being shameless about your ambitions and to audaciously pursue a life by design. Why do you think that's so difficult for women? It it all comes back to caring about what people think. I mean, Mm. it is so paralyzing for people. I just, you know, I brought people into our network marketing team just a couple days ago and, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, well, people are already like making comments about like me being a part of network marketing. And I'm like, okay, do they pay your bills? And I mean, it's always the same thing. So that's why it's like, now I have, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the same story, you know, like same thing we just get so caught up in that. I mean, that's why I think the number one fear of people isn't death, it's public speaking because you're scared to get up there and care like about what people think, about what you have to say. 
Got it. You know, I, I, that's true. I never realized that. I always knew that, that, you know, people fear public speaking more than death, which is always interesting to me. But, but more than that, I never really took it a step further to think about why they care about public speaking. And it's because they care about what people think. I love that. So let's talk about ways that we can help women who are, you know, maybe challenged by a lot of these problems. And for women listening, you know, listen, these are, these are normal issues that you just have to do work to overcome, which is, I'm assuming, why you're creating this event. Can you talk a little bit about your upcoming event before we move into the play hard section of the show? Who's it for and even who's it not for? Mm, okay. I'm so excited about this event. It's two weeks away and I'm just like so ready. So it's really for the person that's ready to go to the next level that isn't scared of... Well, they may be scared of change, but they're willing to go through it. So if you're not willing to do the work, then you don't want to be at this event because you're going to go out of your comfort zone. And I, I really wanted to create an event where you go and you are working and being inspired at the same time. And me and you, uh, we go to a lot of the same events, Rob, and it's yeah. a lot of sitting there and taking in information. And I would go to these things, leave my kids, and I just feel so overwhelmed because I'm like, I want to get to work. And so I would feel anxiety the whole entire time because I'm like, I need to be working. I'm away from my kids. When I get home, I want it to be about them. And so I'm like, I want an event where you can come and get information, but work at the same time. And so every single speaker that's coming is, you know, giving you a call to action. So like my, our mutual friend, Sarah Pendrick, she's coming to talk about communication and she's going to give a challenge at the end and walk around and help people with the challenge. Okay. So every speaker is getting off stage and helping you acquire the skills that you need to be successful and go to the next level in your life. Now, and then we're talking about email marketing, blogging, Susan Sly is coming and talking about organizing your life and business and pitching yourself. I mean, there's so many things that like we're doing. I'm, you can see I'm like an energetic shift. I'm like so freaking excited about it. So yeah, I wanted just to create that where it's like you can come and know that you got stuff done. And so you're not going home feeling like, oh my gosh, I have 10 million things to do. Everything's already in motion when you get home. When your plane lands back at your hometown, like, you know, things are already moving forward for you, which makes me super excited because it's really my mission to, I really want to make 1 million mommy millionaires by 2020. And so we have a big like task ahead of us. And I really believe that you need the skills uh, in order to do that. Like, you know, you can have, you can have grit all day long, but you also need to know, like know what you're doing. And so we're going to give you the basics pretty much. I love this. And two of the people that you mentioned, one is Sarah Pendrick. She is freaking unbelievable. She has an ability to communicate her message like no like none other. She's just she's just magic. I've had her on the show. She's a past podcast guest. And also you mentioned Susan Sly, which sort of is like this, you know, amazing mix of, you know, Sarah Blakely from Spanx and, you know, Tony Robbins all rolled into one. I mean, she's she's kind of a a force to be reckoned with. So, you know, you're not messing around with the caliber of people that you're having at this event. So I, the reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because, not because I'm a mommy millionaire, but because I believe in the work that you're doing. And I really, really want to spread this message. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we got to, we got to spread it out. We got to let people know about this. So let's, Let's move on and let's talk a little bit about the play part of your life. You know, most entrepreneurs are super driven and they just don't take the time uh, to play. So 
Let's talk a little bit about what it's like for you with a husband and three kids. What's a typical Saturday morning look like for you guys? Mm-hmm. Well, I usually go to Soul Cycle early on Saturday morning because I like to start my day off sweating. And then right now we're like in full-blown ice hockey life. So my eight-year-old plays ice hockey, which is funny because we live in California, right? And I guess people in Minnesota don't call it ice hockey. They just call it hockey. So right, right. We, we have to, you know, make that different. So we do that. Like it's full blown. And he like seriously wants to be in the NHL. Like, and he really believes that he's going to be in the NHL. So he's, he actually plays hockey seven days a week right now. Like he's very, very committed when he's at hockey. Uh, he's doing that. But then when he gets home, he wants to practice more and he's out, you know, shooting shots or whatever you call it. So that's like what we do, but we, to have fun. I mean, we, we love to just like go down to the beach. We live literally like right by the beach. And so we just go down there um, and we live right by some tide pools. And so the kids love to search for sea anemones. I just love like simple life like that. Like I really do just enjoying them and watching their faces light up when they find a new animal or whatever they're doing. It's just like fun living life through their eyes. And so that is really like my definition of play right now is just like trying to live through them and like keep my phone away as much as possible. <laughs> you know, I never heard that expression, tide pools. I, I, I think I understand what a tide pool is. It sounds like it's just kind of like a, a pool where the, the tide comes in and makes a pool, right? Yeah. And so like the, all the little like sand crabs and um, lobsters you'll see in there and sea anemones and little tiny fish. And they're like, they could be really big or they could be small too. So it's really fun. Like we'll go out there in the, usually every Saturday. I love that. I'm a little jelly of that. that I'm going to have to move to California. I'm, I freaking hey. love that. <laughs> if you could spend one month anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Australia. Australia, why? Uh, because I've been wanting to go there for a long time. And I think it'd be so fun to take the kids there and see the kangaroos and just see a different way of life. Um, even though like there's so much like, cool stuff happening in Australia. Like the people there are just so different than Americans. They're just laid back and they seem happier. And every Australian I've met is like a super happy person. So I feel like that's probably the drive to go mm, there. <laughs> back to energy, right? Yeah. If you can only eat at one restaurant before you die, where would your last meal be? Well, it wouldn't be food. It would be ice cream at, at DeWars. Ice cream. And You're the first like ice the cream best. answer to that question. Yes. <laughs> is there a favorite one? Yeah, it's DeWars Candy Shop in Bakersfield. It's amazing. Oh, you know exactly where to go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's the one thing that's rocking your world right now that has absolutely nothing to do with business? Oh, gosh, Rob. <laughs> what is... I don't know. My four-year-old is amazing and he makes me happy. Makes me laugh every single day. He's just hilarious. I would say my kids probably. Love that. How much time do you take off to recharge and refocus? I don't take time off. That's my problem in life. Awesome. We have a mastermind <laughs> for that. Other than time, what's the biggest block, challenge, or struggle with adding more play in your life right now? Just the desire to want more play. Like I, I literally do not desire it in my life. <laughs> Interesting. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I really he- don't. Head down? I just, huh? Head down, busy, busy on projects. Yeah. I'm just so focused. Like I'm just like, I don't feel like I'm missing out. You know what I mean? Like I don't feel like, oh, there's something missing in my life. By the way, these are very common for for super successful entrepreneurs. This is always the most difficult part of the show, for sure. 
<laughs> if you had all the time and money in the world to pursue a hobby or a recreational activity, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh. Okay. If I had all this, I would totally become like a Pilates superstar. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like so obsessed with Pilates and there's like people that travel all over to like get, like there's just so many things that you could do with it, but it could be like, yeah, you have to travel all over to like get with the best master trainers and stuff like that. And obviously I'm not going to do that right now. So Yeah. You know, a lot of people talk about their morning routine, right? But mm-hmm. I'm interested in sort of your evening wind down routine. What's that look like? Okay. So this is what, like when all things are good, this is what it looks like. So try to get the kids in bed by 7.30. And I try to just put my phone away then to not be on my phone at all after that. And uh, then I like to read a fiction book because it helps me like, if I read a business book at night, then my wheels are just like turning. Mm -hmm. And so I like to do that. I take a bath and then I like to write out um, a gratitude list. And then I always take like a cold shower after I take a bath because it helps me sleep better. And then I take melatonin and I have my little diffuser on that has lavender and uh, I make my room nice and cold because I like to sleep when it's cold. And yeah, I mean, that's about it. I try to be in bed and asleep by usually like nine o'clock. Like I want to go to bed early because I get up at five. Mm. I'm gonna, I just wrote down a couple of notes because I'm going to steal a few things. Have you heard of the chili pad? Do you know what that is? Yes. And I want to get one. It's amazing. We just got it. Kim and I are freaking like it? loving it. Yeah. Because okay. you can control each side of, let's say you have a king bed, right? You could just control yeah. what temperature you want on each side. And, you know, obviously mine is like, you know, 2000 below zero and hers is just hot, you know, because I just run. Oh, she keeps hot. hers hot. So she doesn't like hers cold. Well, I call it hot. Somebody else probably wouldn't, but it's like mine's a freezer and hers is a refrigerator, let's say. Okay, that's probably what I would like. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's really, really amazing. You know, when you find yourself uninspired, what sorts of things do you do to find your way back? Oh, go to the ocean. Mm. I think just don't spend any time on uh, online. And so I think like whenever I feel uninspired, it's always a correlation to how much I'm consuming from other people. And so it's just like going back into like creation mode and just like getting quiet with myself. And one of the things like this is so nice about where we live is because there's literally no Wi-Fi down at that beach. And so there's no point of even bringing your phone unless you want to take a cool pic or whatever. But um, so you just go down there and get inspired and like have the waves crashing and it's just so cool. You know what I love about this? A lot of people talk about what they want to accomplish in life and they talk about how they want to do it, but very few people give as much consideration to where they do it like you do. And it sounds like where you're living right now has been so strategically chosen for the energy that you want to have in your life. Yeah? Oh, 100%. Like I've spent probably the last like, uh, I don't know, 10 years knowing that I needed to move out of Bakersfield because the energy there just wasn't for me. So I've been dreaming for a long time, like knowing that like just getting into a space where, especially like living where some, everybody here loves living here. And so everybody's happy and it's much different. Like in Bakersfield, people would be like, everybody hated living there, but everybody lived there because it's cheap to live there. And I'm like, I don't want to be around people like that. Like I like to be around people that are happy. So a lot of people, they make this, you know, 
freaking excuse all the time. Like, oh, well, you know, I would have that if I didn't live here. And I'm like, well, why do you live there then? Like, just like how you and Kim, like you guys are making a big decision to move. You know, I don't know if you've announced that yet. Maybe have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, we, we've, we've totally said it publicly. We're uh, August 15th. We're moving to the Manhattan Beach area, maybe Hermosa, maybe Redondo, but um, right in the South Bay area for those that know California for, for the reasons that you're mentioning. We're exactly. super excited. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's wrap up with the rapid fire round. Answer as quickly or as slowly as you like. It's basically, tell me the first thing that pops into your mind. What would your friends say is one of your superpowers? Connection. What's one of the things you're afraid of right now? Uh, more success. Oh, you got to unpack that one. You got to unpack that one. Why are you? This you know, is rapid this is, fire. <laughs> it, I, but I can't, I can't rapid fire that one because I have the same problem. But tell me why you feel that way. Yeah. Because I think for a long time, I had a coach several years ago. I don't know. I, I don't remember the exact words that he told me, but I remember getting off the phone with him and thinking, okay, if I want to be super successful, I my, there's a possibility that my kids are going to turn out not good and that my marriage is going to fall apart. And so I've had that story in the back of my mind, which actually has caused me to really self-sabotage a lot of things in my life. Then I had another coach recently like pointed out to me and was like, oh my gosh, this is, you've been self-sabotaging because of this. Um, and so that's it. Like I still, it's working on that story every single day that you can be extremely successful and have everything that you want and have amazing kids and have a good marriage. Um, and it's telling myself that story every day instead of like doing things to sabotage it. That was so good. I had to do that. Sorry. We're, we're going to go back to the to first thing that pops in your mind. What keeps you up at night? <laughs> How to get more customers. <laughs> what do people never ask you, but you wish they did? I, I wish people would ask me more about my faith. Hmm. What's the one thing you want to get better at? Communication. Which book have you reread the most? Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. What's the one thing that you own and probably should throw out, but you never will? My cell phone. <laughs> mm. Last question. Well, actually, there's two more. If you had to give a TED Talk on nothing that you're known for, nothing that you speak about, and it really could be on anything that you like or have a passion for or anything else at all, what would that be? Oh, why people should go on mission trips. Wow, that's interesting. All right, last question, and it's a little bit of a uh, it's a little bit of a fun one. Let's change it up a little bit. What one question do you want to ask me? Ooh, okay. Why do you think you and Kim have such a good relationship? Because we almost killed each other until we figured out how we both tick. But if I had to sort of give you the training that was behind it. About 10 years ago, we went to a Tony Robbins. Um, he only did it one time. It was a relationship course. It was specific to relationships. It was done on Valentine's Day. And it was him and his wife, Sage, kind of around the time that they got married. And um, a lady named Chloe Madonis. And we went through, God, it must have been seven to 10 days of just exercise after exercise, honesty after honesty. And we use those skills to this day. As an example, when something comes up, we look at, uh, we rate it on a, uh, a zero to 10 scale. So sometimes I'll say, hey, you know, I want to I wanna do this. And she'll say, I want to do that. And then we'll say, okay, well, where are you scale of zero to 10? Where like 10 is like, this is absolutely has to happen for you. If she's honest, she'll say, you know, it's about a seven. 
And I'll say, well, it's a freaking 10 for me. And she'll go, okay, you win. And so our rule is that whoever's being honest and knows that that number is higher, then we just acquiesce and we just, we call it, I'll go your way. And so we have a lot of little tricks like that, that we learned from the event that we just made a part of our life. And uh, it just allows us to, you know, function well with each other. And, and the other thing is we live by a code and the code is that whatever lights you up, lights me up. So everything that I do is to see, is to support whatever it is that she wants. Right now, network marketing is very, very important to her. So my role is to make sure that she has any support at all because that's what's lighting her up. For me, she knows that my mastermind is the passion project that I'm working on now. So whatever she can do to support me in that. So whatever lights me up, as opposed to, you know, you take care of your thing, I'll take care of my thing. It's it's more like my needs are her needs. Her needs are my needs, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you guys need to do that course. Yes, we'll teach it. One yeah. thing at a time though, right? Okay, all right. 2020. <laughs> Do you have any final words, suggestions, or an ask for the people that are listening? Oh my goodness. Okay. I guess I would say if you live in Southern California or any, like if you're in California, you should come to Mommy Millionaire Live. And I'm saying just California because it's two weeks away, you know? So you should totally come to Mommy Millionaire Live and get fueled up by all of us. And uh, for those of you guys that are, you know, on here because you're working hard and you want to play hard, I would say just, you know, make sure to surround yourself with people that are like-minded that are going to help lift you up because I can't, that your environment is everything. If you can't change where you live right now, you can change who you're letting give you advice right now. That's the number one thing that you can change leaving this little podcast episode um, is make sure to be very careful on who you let in. And that's why I love that Rob's doing a mastermind um, because it gives every single one of you guys an opportunity to surround yourself with people that are playing life at a really large scale that will inspire you to go big or go home basically. So um, yeah. So I would say um, apply for Rob's mastermind too. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for that. I will uh, make sure we link everything up in the show notes so people know how to get there. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for, you know, just as always being freaking incredible and honest and really having such a servant's heart to help people. I, I'm really super appreciative that you had the time to do this. Yay. Thank you for having me on. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. 